Hey y'all, my name is Corey and I'm here with my wife Shauna. We are the hosts of the Us First That podcast. Join the conversation. This morning to do the verse of the day out of the Bible app like we normally do and haven't gotten there yet well we did we we read the verse but we didn't really chat about it much not like we normally do we just started talking about other things but I also had like my Bible open the entire time sitting next to us because like we were getting ready to this morning and then we were just having coffee and then conversations spilt over into just a longer a longer morning than I'd planned. And by the time we were going to start... Which most <coughs> of our mornings do. <laughs> we love yeah. mornings. And by the time we were about to record, we still hadn't done Bible yet. So we came in from outside and... I, like, walked past the Bible and I was like, oh, man, we haven't... Like, we didn't read it all this morning. We just did the verse and we didn't dive into anything. We didn't tackle anything. And I love starting my day like that because it's... It's like reading a, a cool adventure tale and then like trying to apply it into just how do, how do I fit into those stories now mm. in 2022? You know, taking, taking those as like truth and then trying to apply that to the space and time that we're walking through. You know, it, it really just like gets my day going mentally for me. Um, I think about all sorts of crazy stuff and at some point I was reading or I was doing something and I needed a note I needed a note card I need a placeholder in the bible uh, oh. yeah what do I book, call it bookmark, bookmark. <laughs> my goodness <laughs> placeholder and I grabbed something from I don't know I was listening to a, a podcast the other day and they just started speaking some I, I, I don't even remember what I was listening to but I wrote it wrote this down um tone deaf question mark mm. right and, and i found this in my bible um on romans 8 uh actually romans 9 is where it was like lodged in and that's when i opened my bible it opened up to this and i wrote tone deaf question mark truth i think therefore i am post truth I believe, therefore, I am right. And mm. <laughs> this, it just, it, it was crazy because it, the opening of Romans 9 is I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness <laughs> in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for my sake of my brethren. Mm. 
Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen by race. They are Israelites, and to them belong the sonship, Mm -hmm. the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. That was on this page. To them belong the patriarchs, and of their race, according to their flesh, is the Christ. God, who is over us all, be blessed forever. Amen. You just reading, there's a lot to go into. So, wow. (laughs) Wow. It was just a, it was a crazy experience of like how I try to let time, other interactions with my stuff around me, and my experience with God play through made man like made manifest in my day Mm. right so i can i don't know why i grabbed this note card to be a bookmark and i don't remember reading romans like i think we were just like flipping through one day and like i had probably opened it and then put this in there Mm. but then to be like this idea letting my other thoughts play into the Bible, then back out of the Bible and then interact with me down my timeline. I am like shaking. If that makes sense. It makes so much sense. I'm literally shaking right now because right when you started this, the energy 100% just shifted. So we literally just posted today's episode out. And I was listening back to it last night and there were moments, there were, there were things in that episode that made Corey and I have a huge argument over just our communication. It's something we've really, really been working on. But then when he read this, this took me straight back to the conviction that I felt because I think I think we needed a little higher energy to get ourselves into this space because I think we've known there was a lot that we needed to uncover here and not and and still weren't with the first episode still trying to figure out what that was and the kinks and moves with that so reading Paul's sorrow for Israel that has been on our heart for so long and it just totally reminded me of what we're what we're doing here and and the real intention that God is asking of us. Yeah. Which is which is a little bit more depth to the experience. And that's what we've been talking about a lot. Yeah, and and for me the things that really hit were just like how, how just like the opening of this. Okay. So I, I tone deaf question mark. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy spirit. Excuse me. Wow. Got like real burpee saying that. Trying to relate 
to someone like writing this down or relating this story and what it means for someone to speak the truth, then back it up by saying, I'm not lying. Then back it up again by saying, my conscience bears me witness. And then in the Holy Spirit, in the in God. That's someone that believes they are speaking the truth to that like that extent and then to write that down i can understand how becoming tone deaf could happen not not saying that paul was tone deaf and saying that i'm saying in like in 2022 all of this, I believe, therefore I am right. And then we've got to champion all of that. I don't, I don't know if that's okay. But also I can understand where people are saying they're speaking the truth in whatever they believe. I'm not lying. And, you know, I can see how people can take their level of belief to levels of backing it up yeah i mean i think i think our convictions get to be that strong though like you scoff no no i was i was going back and reading but i wanted i just want to tell you like i think the experience is that that we we get so convicted And we are the only people that get to feel that conviction. The only person that feels what we feel that strongly. And I think we have taken the time to really understand and connect with these emotions. So it allows us the ability to understand where someone was at when they were writing this story Mm. or living it out and our convictions are for us to also have it's just a matter of feeling them moving through them or being held back by them you know we've talked about that a lot about going to a service and a service it's it's the divorce service this week or this month you know and people know that it's coming and and people that are convicted by that aren't even aren't aren't getting like the it's becoming so programmed it becomes so programmed like oh it's just it's here again so i have i'm gonna live out this conviction of divorce in this case i'm gonna live that out year after year because they're just going to keep reminding me instead of helping someone maneuver through that conviction and and then not being tied up to that conviction because you are working through that with God and not being too afraid to go to him not being too afraid to be ashamed you know it's hard sometimes to be honest with God 
because I think especially as women we put on a really strong face and so it's like I'm not doing anything wrong you know it's really easy to see that and or not see that and then to try to bring that to this idea of a a male figure can feel scary and intimidating and like you can't be honest or out you know forthright So our convictions mm-hmm. are, I, I, like when I read this, I'm speaking the truth in Christ and I'm not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit. For me, I am so sure, I'm so sure of this conviction that I have. Which is also how I feel, like right when you started reading this, was God continuing this conviction in me. Mm. Don't forget. You know, don't forget. And I don't, I'm not taking it as a punishing God. It doesn't feel punishing. It feels right. I was wrong. And I'm okay with being wrong. I'm willing to admit that I was wrong now. But there's a very clear shift in, I, I think for me, how I'm showing up just by you reading Paul's conviction. Because uh, the realness that comes from that is is for us to experience. Us, as in me personally. Hmm. You know, like the verses that land for me don't always land for you. Which is also interesting that this is what came. Because yeah. what I also wanted to share is the first philosophy quote that I ever heard from anyone was from my softball coach when I was like young. Jim Wickard. He used to ask me that exact question. I can't. Can you say it one more time? Um, I don't know what, what you're the, looking at. Which one? Um, I think, therefore I am. So when I was pitching, he would always bring this up to me so like I could un- get myself ready to like be able to do that. So the fact that that was the quote that you had, I'm oh, like, oh, wow. my gosh, that's the only – and I, it, it made me – really interested in people and I learned that from a really young age from someone that I really admire so that's a really crazy coincidence not yeah and then to come back around in somebody else's bible yeah and then to to get to someone else's thought at another time and then be here and and touch you you know and like reach out and be able to get you like that echo found you Mm. ah yeah how rad like that is cool. If you're if you think of all of these things like symbols clashing, in like yeah, a yeah, yeah. in a constant resonance of that invisible echoes. string, yeah, like right, Taylor right. Swift sings yeah. about too. Yeah, I, I think like this one gets me in some other spots, but I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Mm. He is backing up that statement by explaining his like saying that he is speaking the truth and and that his conscience bears him witness against God with God as witness. God is witnessing him and he's willing to put that relationship on the line to tell you that he has, that he's sad, unceasing anguish in my heart. Oh my goodness. 
Mm, it just twists me up. Because I can, like, I picture all the times that, like, people have been sad. Or, like, we're, ex we're experiencing, like, the sadness that's in our lives. And, like, what their faces feel like and what what a burden certain things just, like, become on everyone's souls. You know, like he's that unceasing anguish. Like you can experience that. You can see that. You know, and it, it brings me right to like mental health conversations. You know, I wrote that on also on this note card that was in, in the Bible. I wrote one way or another. How about all the other ways? And how does it relate to mental health? Mm. You know, so like having him explain his belief in something deeply and then followed up that he's he carries such a sadness in his heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ. For the sake of my brethren, brethren, my kinsmen by race. Oh. He's willing to set all of that aside because he recognizes his love that he could also maintain in the depths of hell. Mm. And he's like, I can still go through this experience and bring my people goodness. Because... For like I, j he know he knows he can't unknow. He believes. Or I could wish mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Like right I, that that he's willing to give up all of the things he knows that they are also welcome to. We get to have all of these things together. We can have the kingdom of heaven together. We can experience that together. And if, like, you attempt to make manifest that in your space, it, it, like, I believe that's how it works. Like, we all strive for that, that thing. So for me, it's like walking like Jesus. What does that look like? How do, you, how do you do that to the best of your ability in every moment? You know? And I'm sure a lot of people have it figured out, but, like, who knows? <laughs> Who knows if that's the way to do that, you know, in 2022. Because it doesn't at all have, like, it's, I, I'm just saying, like, if if somebody has it figured out how to walk with, like, that idea of Christ consciousness, right? That, that always just, like, sinks in. What what was Jesus, what, oh, man. At some point he had to know, right? At what point? Yeah. And then again, it goes back to that conviction. You know, like, did did Jesus get to experience that conviction of knowing it was wow. him? I really, like, spun off into a, a wild thought pattern there and ended with he had to know. You know, I don't know where that came. I think, yeah, just the conviction of belief and what that looks like when you try to, like, walk it out. 
knowing that they're you're not doing it on like an empty platform like there's actually like real human beings everywhere and i'm saying that from like a disconnected standpoint from the humans you mean Dis- disconnected from well, people yeah i'd i'd say w- we live a little bit more on like the isolated side ever s- even since like covid well when covid came along you know, right when we got in the van, like we were spending time around people and we would go do things, but seeing how many like offices were empty and like all the malls that were empty, like the normal run-ins that people were having with people on an everyday basis that weren't happening through some other form of connection that wasn't face-to-face or people-to-people. I don't know. I'm I'm definitely I definitely spend more time on the away from people side now. Yeah, for sure. I noticed how uncomfortable I was when we went to the Cole Center. It's a lot of people in one space. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh man, that's new. <laughs> ow, 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 ow. Hit my knee. Right? Like that's new. That's a new feeling. I used to have season tickets for that place. And like a lot of tickets for some amazing sporting events that I always went to. I was so familiar with everything in that building. But being around people, that was, a, you know, that's different. Being around big groups of people like that for me. And then knowing that we really aren't having a similar experience. I think some of us are, but, you know, I didn't wear my mask anywhere. And, like, people, you would go get me food. And, like, because you're like, "Ah, I'll just put it on for a little bit. And then you also, like, didn't wear it. But everyone else did. The majority of people we were with all did. I think my family didn't, but like also, but, but like, but there was out, a good amount of people in the area that we were yeah. in that, you know, weren't right, which I was surprised by, but the, the mass majority of people there definitely were and right. weren't so, putting up a fuss about it. Right. So, but, but I, I typically do, <laughs> I, I have my things to say about it, but what I really understood is I got to play out a scenario where I believed one thing and the vast majority of everyone else didn't. And like, it made me really uncomfortable, like really uncomfortable because then it's like, who do I turn to? Who do I turn to for help? Mm. Like we don't, we don't like it psychologically that really messed with me Mm. seeing it. Seeing everyone's like real belief on on some things that I'm I'm just a little disconnected from, and I, well I don't know if I'd say disconnected, disconnected from. Disconnected is probably not the right yeah word. I I just don't know where that comes from. Where that where but you know say oh man this gets weird. I feel I feel weird because like it I I just see like compliance. And it scares me. 
but then also like I have to ask myself like why am I afraid of other people's experience uh, well because it matters it really matters I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart yeah and I think at the cold center it for us that emotion doesn't come out in its best form you know what I mean because I think that's that underbelly experience and when you can't share that honestly or openly um, and you're kind of playing a part that it it gets it feels messy inside it's hard to understand it I agree because everyone has jobs and everyone like in got to be careful how I like phrase this out like all right so people are people have their jobs to do and we recognize that that's that human taking care of their family doing what they need to do that person doesn't want to enforce said thing and this is where it gets strange because when we take our masks off and like we're proud and we smile and we're polite and we're back to just like looking people in the eyes again it really does change people's day in one way or another like they're either like really happy about it and they'll like take their mask off some a lot of people will be like oh it's okay to do that now and it like gives them that little bit of empowerment to do what they believe clearly but we're so pressurized by also seeing that human and knowing that it's like well it's just their job and we don't want to make their day harder i get that or it's the ones that are being rebellious right yeah yeah so we have to be the ones being and willing to be rebellious in order to go against the crowd which is also against everything that we've all ever learned to be right all the 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 people that we would consider rebels or people on the outside or people that didn't fit in with the crowd those were not the people that you wanted to be and that comes you know look at alcohol look at people that were smoking pot in high school you know these these things no one wanted to be the outcast or be the person on the outside and now having that belief having that belief that I want I want to look someone in the eye and see all of their face all of it like we we are the outsiders because of that and that's really hard to grapple with yeah I because I see it, it it's so many layers deep it's so many layers deep because like the lady that was walking around with the sign to people and like we're we're all in the same space you know and like that thing that you're wearing isn't going to protect you um i that that's kind of clear like it does for some things but i don't think this one's going to do it you know not the masks that we're all thinking are going to work like if we all walked around in spacesuits sure but what a life yeah what a life but also like this thing's been about for a while and a lot of life's happened but i think like we're so caught up in all these news cycles that we forget how like <laughs> 
we forget how much has happened and how much has changed so rapidly fast in our news cycles and how that plays out in our social experiment <laughs> our social experience but it's just an experiment you know because like I want to also respect that lady because she's she has she's getting paid to do that or she's volunteering more than likely like she's just that lady that she likes working at the coal center and you know she's been there for 30 years you know but now her thing is like she's her part of her job is she has to do that and because she sees that place she's like this is where I've worked for 30 years and now I got to hold this sign and that's what and then we do tell everybody that's not where right I right but then I don't so I want to like also be like mindful that that's that person's job <laughs> but when d that was okay then right when did that when did that like move on when we're like wait someone else just doing their job and like we're just okay with that we're blindly just okay with them just doing their job what do you okay i know but like who's telling you <laughs> where where is all this stuff coming from because like you know masks aren't a thing like anywhere else right you know we've been a lot of places and this mask thing is still like they pump the hell out of the fear on the news in Wisconsin about masks. Like, absolutely insane. Like, nobody made their own decisions here. It was just like watching people hop too. There wasn't even, like, educated thought behind some of this stuff. Going, going to the a 50,000... You know, a Badger football game outside and no one, like, again, we can, all these comparisons and everyone has their reasons why they're going to justify their point. But that's what I'm trying to speak to. Like, I don't know, am I tone deaf, question mark? Truth, I think, therefore I am, or I believe, therefore I am right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But all I know is, like, I wasn't acting this way before I got the cold twice in 20, you know, in two years. There's just a lot of extra things that have, are come and gone really, really fast in our, in the last two years that weren't here before. They're, they're new things, they're new experiences, they're, they're new ways people are acting. And I'm just like really trying to, like, what? Where did that one come from and why? And there's a lot of people thinking through these. I can only imagine, you know. But really playing it out in your your experience. And I think trying to, part of that is trying to find compassion for where people are at. But I don't. That's I don't know. And anymore. this is where like, I don't know what ground to like meet compassion on anymore, because if I'm like is compassion, ah, oh, it feels it feels weird. That feels weird. From like a a safety instinct, from like a survival instinct. You know, I just I, f <laughs> it seems weird. I like fighting that compat like being compassionate witnessing mass compliance I think 
I think it's trying to be compassionate to that other person's experience because it is going to be different than ours. We all have our unique experiences, of course. Um, but I think to go off what we've been reading in the Bible, the next line, Romans 9 verse 4 says, They are Israelites, and to them belong the sonship, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. So th there are going to be people on both sides that are still children of God. Right. And I think that's where the compassion has to come from because it's, it's hard when we don't agree on things. And I think we've one theme that we have, I don't even know if we've consistently said on the podcast, but we've consistently lived out in our own life was, um, oh my gosh, it totally just like blanked from my brain. Holy crap. Wow. I don't know. Apparently that wasn't. Brought to you by the Metaverse. Control-Alt-Delete memories <laughs> on demand. Let's sign up for that. Except. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you ever think that? Like, whoa, whoa. D did somebody accidentally just like. I never thought of that, no. <laughs> so thank you for putting that into my mind. <laughs> I really can't remember. Um, oh, a shared moral ethic. Yeah. Mm. That is something that I think on the road we've shared with many, many people was that we didn't have a shared moral ethic. And because we don't, we fight over the things that divide us, yeah. you know, and, and that just keeps us stuck and keeps us fighting. Right. You know, it's, it's like a, initially where this podcast came from was, it's not us versus them. It's us versus that. It, there, there's a bigger problem at hand. And and I think now what we've understood it to be is the shared moral ethic has to be the belief in something. And we don't have, you know, th the masks are just a very clear evident sign that there is a division and there's been a division. Yeah, I'm. But the people I'm that aren't going along are also having to be bold. Yeah. And that is hard, being bold and brave. Yeah, and I th I think it's strange because we're getting caught up also in like the two camps of like belief in the mandate, and not belief in the mandate, but quiet not belief, because like you got jobs and everyone can understand that people are just doing what they're told and making decisions that way you know like we can justify why like you know man my boss it it started out as a small family company and then it got over 100 employees and then they had to be depending on how that person that got to make that decision <laughs> feels about the vaccine you know because then it's just like doing what they're told. Got to follow this rule. You got to follow this rule and you have to do it. You know? It, it's never been made more apparent to see such failure of other human beings doing things to help other human beings than it was in California. 
and then also just like being being like oh this is normal this is just life down here this is life when you have a population like this yeah maybe man that homeless budget to fix that problem was uh was really big and a lot of people were making tremendous salaries trying to just do really basic things and they passed the buck for so long that now a lot of the other shipping stuff and the theft and the crime and it's just off the rails like the city operates on a black market because everyone's poison you know they're it because they're they're in that space of like you have to to even be able to like make it there that idea mm-hmm. and when it's that idea like you're willing to play by certain rules like that and then you can watch how like every neighborhood south of Malibu has poisonous water or none you know like or why there's trash in cars and like it's just it's a war zone in a lot of places and some people probably that are there will not would never go see it live five miles away from just like financial devastation run amok just one person needed a bigger house and made a decision because of that you know i don't know and it, and now it's like it's gone to the point where there's so much craziness going on that for the middle of the country to feel it what happens over there it comes down to like shipping in, in in that because hospitals like they were they were raiding those rail yards all the time like all the time those places were getting broken into and robbed they just like jump on trains and it's there's so much garbage down there they just like empty stuff like it they just covered it on inside edition we drove past that and saw that like we lived four blocks from that as it was happening <laughs> nightly i don't know and now people are seeing it in their grocery stores and like wondering why it's like well because a lot of our stuff comes in through that area and you know people have had so little so long in certain places that now they're willing to take what they feel is theirs and it's run amok because like we're not looking at each other like people anymore it's teams and yeah i don't know it's weird to see on a scale and then go like am i tone deaf am i not seeing something am i thinking it's just like all doom and gloom try not to be like that you know but I feel that when I'm in cities. Like, I feel that when I'm surrounded by power lines everywhere and just, like, non-light light. I don't know. I think, it, 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 it for me, it feels like I disconnect from God, really. Now that we spent time in, in the forest and traveling the way we traveled and like when we would push off we would just like disappear into nature for a while like when you remove yourself from I would say God's energy 
Meaning you know, God's I, energy is I, not I in the cities. At, no, not that it's not in the cities. Or you but just can't feel it as... Yeah, I feel absolutely disconnected. Okay. So, like, going and sitting in a hot spring. I know it's just like that fancy travel thing to do. It can be viewed as that. It's on, again, like you're viewing, I don't know, that that's really judgy. But I really tried to take it as, like, I was having an experience with Earth. Because we were, like, sitting in the ground, right? And, like, sitting in the warm water coming from the ground and if it, you let that moment be bigger than you because it is like it was like oh wow and, and just to be fair i do think a lot of people that are going to things like this yes. are having that experience right it's right. just sometimes the displaying of that on social media is missed i think the because you're just getting the beauty you, you know you're getting the shot of it right and the real experience is felt because you're right you are connecting with nature on a and god on a deep deep level doing that it's like s spending more time away well, away from lights and like other noticing needing needing the apples on the tree or needing the fruit or needing eggs or or having ha not yeah, needing sustenance and all of it being provided by or from nature. And then also disconnect from like unnatural light <laughs> and cooking by fire only. And like adding in all these other what I would call primal experiences. Or I would feel that the feeling would be like a primal experience. Looking at a fire across from another human being. Ugh. I could spend my life doing that. You know, I, I and I think it's just like it. And to be fair, we we have spent yeah, a lot of life yeah. like that. And but recognizing but it for me personally, I was recognizing it as an interaction with divine energy, the Holy Spirit, God, the world, the reality in which I was walking through. That's how. I was playing with my experiences. Hmm. Everything is created from the Holy Spirit. It is all interactions with God. And then I'm back in a house, and I'm like, I don't even see him. I got so many screens and things looking back at me where it's like I just feel like I'm being spied on, and God's like, yeah, they're listening, dude. I'll meet you out here by the fire. You know, I'm, I'll meet you out. You know, I'm just, I'm not going to meet you there right now on like the feeling level. Hmm. It's just different. Yeah, I get that. I think for me, um, I think there wasn't a lot of God in my f in my formative years and i think we briefly talked about this on the last episode but i don't really ever feel like the part of me that was really involved in the church and really on fire for god was ever in this house like i don't know if i ever really invited her in so to come back here and to commit to the level of um 
dedication and I and I just mean that more not from like an ego standpoint this is just me against me here um the consistency you know like being up in the morning and and really doing it have we done it every day no but I would I we might be at like five or six times a week and like for me from going to never never having it together and then really diving deep into it in the forest and then spending like (laughs) 10 hours to now the consistency of inviting that into our life realizing that has really rooted me and and at least me and god together and i would also guess you as well um, because we're experiencing it together um so yes like i'm craving the can i ask you a question yeah what is it about that day where you spent 10 hours in the bible i've just never done that but i mean i i just think getting lost in time because you um, mentioned it kind of like a benchmark moment or an experience it, of it was like, so different I went from not to spending 10 hours we spent so many more than 10 hours but that i, I like recognize that moment what was it about the the moment that makes the story come out it's like just that, so you know? it's so far from where i was and mm-hmm the understanding of having that much time I've never wanted to read it before like if I wanted to read it it was only because I was trying to do some something off my to-do list and even that I can't even remember last time it was on my to-do list probably like maybe the week after summer camp like maybe through high school but so I think the like having a deep dive into it being able to read and comprehend to some degree there's definitely still names and things that I get confused and I personally I read it right now from a very me perspective like I I think God is just speaking to me because that's the experience I'm having with it and and at that time that was the first I'd ever had it that way I think you helped me to um, read it from a more broad perspective, you know, like what's it actually saying, which is good, (laughs) which is really good. Like I need that. But yeah, the 10 hours, I think, was just a. And when I when you said what it's actually saying, that's also just coming from my perspective of what I'm reading to offer another perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also not saying what I say through that is is right yes but Corey will have a more of a broader outlook on it like okay who's talking to who what's what's actually you know like what's actually being said you kind of helped me build that picture yeah i'm i love the story i i love the stories i love the characters i love the how it's built how how we've edited it and changed it and like some people really have a hard time with that but i think that's really remarkable i think it's really remarkable that it's touched like man sorry i got a canker sore in my mouth that it's it's here you know it's here and a lot of them are here and there's there's a lot of them 
but this one this one spoke to me this one this one got me you know and reading the bible with also some reverence of like it's survival we're a long way from when these stories were built There's nothing new under the sun. Right. And also, like, do I believe that I have a place in the book? And I think that I would say I think it is our uh, – it should be a way to place yourself within the story to know that they were also human. The, uh, the other the, all the human experience and the human knowledge that's passed down from it, it's incredible. But that's what they are. Like, they're, they're not God. But, oh, man. Trying to, I want to try to round that out. Take a deep breath. I just, like, felt, yeah, a big pause. connecting myself into the book to the point where like I could see another one being made and events happening within my life that will be told throughout time and I know that's like this big like I don't know like history isn't going anywhere anymore unless all the machines disappear you know, we're not passing down stories the same way. That's all I'm trying to say. Is like they're, we're not passing stuff down, but I'm also like an active participant in the timeline, just like the Bible is. Right? So, uh, well, everyone in the Bible was. They were an active participant in their timeline for something. And arguably everyone is in their story. So that's why, like... Me connecting with the biblical stories helps me come back to the world mm. to know that I'm an active participant here. You know, like my echo matters. What I do matters. How I communicate matters. How I'm in and out of other people's lives matters. Like, do you leave situations better or worse than you found them? And sometimes we disconnect from that because like 144 characters is really easy to type. And like living and out. And also sometimes <laughs> it's not easy to type. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because there's also like how do you, in today's society, if you want to have a voice, you know, you have to play the game. And then to try to have to. Yeah, but when people Put don't, you can see what happens. That's that's the incredible part. Well, when people don't play the game, we're witnessing what happens when people don't participate. And a lot of people are upset, right? Like, a lot of people are upset. But you're that's what... Yeah, I don't know. It's funny how I hear of it in, like, the jo now hiring signs. 
Everyone's hiring. Of course everyone's hiring. People aren't participating. No. You're going to tell me what to do? No. That violates a social contract we have with other human beings. Inherently. Some people hop too, but the other ones don't participate anymore. And they're going to find ways to participate on their own. And I'd argue that's what we're doing. Like we're finding a different way to participate with the world. And for me, walking with God through it is tremendous. Because like there needs to be a, a guiding source of a good driver behind you. you know? And there's an argument that this is one of the best. Well, and I think Jesus also talks about a parable about building your house on solid foundation. I know, solid foundation, sorry. And I think that if you don't have that foundation, and my experience of it is then when it all comes crumbling down, then what? And now I have solid footing and embracing for the crumble is that where like when it all comes crumbling down now you have solid footing I didn't like withstand the crumble I didn't have uh, how I how I feel it was experienced was like the depths of hell being at Mm. the bottom of that falling right through you know, and then just being at the bottom, like, okay, now what? And I think Jesus then has given me that foundation as I'm trying to, you know, I mean, our life has totally changed. And I think that foundation, rooting, this idea of being rooted, um, you know, I think we were trying to find that on the road and in... I think now what I would say in our marriage, for sure. Um, But trying to find that in places or other people or community and just like everybody, love. (laughs) We just both wanted to be loved and feel love and give love and understand what that is. Um, Do you mind if I ask a question about like the pit moment? Yeah. What was the what was the I would say the embodied experience felt like when you knew you took a step up when you were like I don't I'm I'm not at the bottom anymore there was definitely a change that's not the bottom um. not but not going down coming up if you're experiencing the step up from the bottom. I think the first time, th- the first thing that came to my head was when we left our friend friend's house in Oregon. The first time we we had been there um, for about a month, I think. At by the time we ended up leaving to go to a um, a van event, and I felt a reemergence a little bit. Um, I was I felt nervous about going to a van event because I didn't feel I belonged anymore. I, I think it was or I was just so different that I was 
unsure of how to show up there. Um, but then also was a conscious observer of my showing up. And then we got to go back to his house for another like two or three weeks, I think, before we went to another van event. And I felt like a much more confident me then. So it was like I, f I felt like it, it was kind of one step at a time. Um, being in the forest felt very um, safe. It also felt very convicting there. You know, that again, this goes back to just time spent. There wasn't, I didn't have internet. There was as much t stuff to do. So my time with the Lord was just a lot. So I think. Go so was he a part of your, your bottom moment? I think I found him at the bottom. I think. I had like just kind of given it everything that I had had before we went out to his house and then to be completely away from internet. That was big for me for sure. And like we talked about meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. It was this for me, a lot of wasted energy and time on social media, a big, a big, big part of that. So I think I had now tried and tried and tried and tried as hard as I could without him. That then spending time in the Bible and reading it that way, being able to interpret it to some level, having, having an experience when I was reading it, um, I think that's what helped me get out of it. But it also helped me recognize where I was. And being able to just speak to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, if I look back now, like what I feel or what I saw was just deep darkness, chains, naked. So I think there was... God was some illuminating light, but I had to be willing to also look for the light. So I think to answer your question, I think it was trying on this new new version of me in front of other people that we had been spending time with. And I felt very honest. I remember that event being like, I don't know what just happened because <laughs> I really didn't know. I still, still don't really know. But trying it on and then also, you know, we still did Bible every morning and we still made the time for it. And I think that was just me being able, I think this was God preparing me for knowing that what we had cultivated at our friend's house was not going to be it wasn't about his house it wasn't about where we were it was about being with him and being with you and wanting to root into that experience and actually understand and have and have that and feel that Ooh, f like feeling a moment while it's happening instead of attempting to feel it through hindsight. 
Yeah. I, I was, yeah. I was nervous about coming home because I think we've also never been these people here. And I, I still don't. I, I'm actually being, I feel this older version of me to some degree like I uh, there's parts of it I enjoy like I said this young part that I'm having to kind of embrace here with you Uh, but also at the same time there's a part of me that I there's a freedom that isn't there to the same level that it was on the road and I think that comes with living in someone else's house and not really living on our own schedule and or or living on our own schedule, but also that schedule being opposite of people. Because there's this clash of what... How we live. How we live and how people think we should live, which is very different. I'd like to say that I'm really sorry I didn't recognize you experiencing a bottom moment. I'm really sorry I didn't recognize it as a bottom Because I definitely didn't show up for you like you were having having a bottom moment. You know, I would have, I I think I was way too busy having my own experience and still am most times, you know? I think the experience you were having was was different enough, though. And I I hear you and I appreciate, I appreciate you saying that. But I do think when we got to his house, you were having a very um, you were so sure you trusted so much and you because you had spent a weekend out there already. I think you'd already felt how you knew it was going to be good for us. And I think for me, I needed that. I needed you to lead. And so you were. And also like spending time. I think there was also a big moment for me of not being able to trust myself because your experience was that everything that you were doing was God. And I think I probably would have said that, that I didn't. while we were following our signs and whispers, I think I thought it was God. And I believe that God's hands were in it. But I don't think that the voice, I, I wasn't practicing discernment for sure. I was just like, we were. it was faith. It was faith alone. And so I, I find that that's where I'm experiencing God's grace is because I really felt like it, we were coming from a place of faith and trust um so then to have the experience with you in the forest watching you have that trust and lead there was one time I remember uh, like we went on a walk and I was just asking you questions about God because I felt like Nothing that was coming to my mind felt right. I, I couldn't I couldn't differentiate is what I what I felt like. I was very confused and um, 
trying to understand because I felt like I knew too much. But there was one line that I remember reading that was about meeting Jesus at the threshold. And I don't even know where that line is now. I don't even know if that's that might not even be the language that that was what was felt to me was meeting him at the threshold. And what I what I interpreted from that was not going too far with your spiritual gifts, meeting Jesus there. And that's where I had to really practice pulling back and not being able to trust myself and what because I hadn't really had a deep connection quite yet with Jesus. I was still in such conviction mode. And to be honest, I'm still unsure if I've had that. Not as... But I think there's a piece of forgiveness that I'm not allowing myself to feel. But I remember asking you and having these questions and trusting your answers trusting that I I could trust that God was using you and I think that was a really big moment for me so even though you maybe didn't feel it I, I hear you and appreciate that but from my perspective you were there was a gift in that from you but it was pretty dark I'm really sorry. I definitely would have showed up different. I thought you were mad at me. No, not really. No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't mad. wasn't mad well it's not now it's not now you know I just I wasn't having that experience that wasn't my bottom I know you know, and I don't think it could have been both of our bottoms. <laughs> right, but wow, yeah, I, I, I just feel like I just got tapped on, like tapped on the shoulder. Like I missed that. I missed my buddy having a bottom moment, and I feel like really, really sad about that. Because I didn't even, like, witness it as a, like, a low like that. So I'm very sorry. I love you. I love you, too. I think I've been in this low for a while. You know, and I I was, to kind of go back to blind faith, felt like I could trust it you know we were we were taking a risk 
almost every other day, whatever we were doing, no matter where we were, we were like, well, sure, let's do that. And then being rewarded for it in experience. And it didn't matter where we were or what we were doing, but most of the time it was the people that we were with, you know, like, yes, we did really cool things and we are grateful for that. But it was also the time with the people spent that invited us to those things. And I think because it continued to work and because we were like having faith and, and getting these results, we just like kept going with it. And And going with it meaning belief in God. <laughs> right? Because Yes. Walking that experience out of like I trust that we can make the best decision for ourselves possible in that moment. I don't think it's the time to stress about said, you know, X decision. Cause that's kind of was like, well, what are we gonna do? next week it was more of like i trust us to be able to sort this out and that was like the break the the, the pause the interrupter to remind ourselves stay calm yeah. problem solve come back to earth handle what you can handle like step like step up the only way things get done is if you actually put action towards it and then things happen you know it's not like we didn't go you know, like we got jobs like we spent days doing things you know earning earning money to be able to travel just like we would anywhere else we we're just living a little bit differently and we enjoyed like enjoyed spending our time together because we were doing what we're doing right now at work right Which granted we weren't talking our our hours away like that's not what we were doing but you know, I mean, a little all bit of sometimes. our, yeah, all of our work free time, we were saying hello. Granted, it's in a, we were working in a restaurant, so like, but I think it too, was casual in lived, that. lived experience. At yeah. that point, the reality that we were living was that God had brought us to come work or brought us to this mm -hmm. pizza place for Bible study. That was the experience we had. And then to be able to, go there knowing that's the experience sharing that experience for me was the first time I'd ever felt very honest about who I was with you know like that was a very new thing that I was willing to share that we came here for bible study and then to be the the people in this town that had uh, two travelers come into their town of you know a really small place was that was the experience they were having and sharing with us and speaking. Because it was also in a place where you notice travelers. You know what they're coming out into your space to do. Yeah. And then we stayed. Yeah. And we stayed. For enough to, uh, an amount of time that they understood. How long are you going to be here? 30 days. Gotcha. Wanted it be more than that, but like the idea was, there was an un that we, there was a boundary set. Yep. So we we actively knew how to play in each other's lives, 
and interact and we showed up with our best feet forward for those 30 days it was incredible it was a wonderful experience with every everybody involved you know i really don't have a negative thing to say at all yeah. about rainbow It was, it was good. It was a really good experience. And for there was just so much, so many things we were learning. A lot of know. love. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it would show up in totally different ways, but it all came from love. Everyone's experience was about love, and it all, was just all showing up a different way. And yeah, I remember there feeling, feeling like there was just a happiness there. And and I think, at the time, Man, the they had bigger they had bigger things to worry about. They, they had forest fires. They had bigger things you know? to worry about, and also there was an internet. Not very many places. Yeah. Not well, you know. So the not the devices hadn't taken over the experience there. And you were out there to to raft, hike, travel, camp, you know, mountain bike. Some of them live. And and yeah, and live. And, I know, but as far as like travelers, what brought people out but we also didn't spend time with travelers there mm, sure yeah okay. we spent time with the locals there who had right right two places to go and you know being at a pizza place like we have one pizza place in our small town that we both have eaten at for our whole lives so then to like suddenly be working at that place for yeah. all these locals that the seeing the same customers a few times a week was enjoyable enjoyable i i yeah <laughs> because we also they knew that they knew we stood out too and they'd see our van and it was just like such a hey we're here we chose to be here and or god chose for us to be here and here we are and it was just such an awesome experience to get to feel and also a humbling of like, we could go do this. Why, why couldn't we do this at home was one thing um, because we definitely could and, and learn that there. Um, and also we saw the value of our time and our effort and someone following or being okay with our boundaries. You know, I think... And how one family could, like, pour into a town. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Again, they had bigger things to worry about. They had forest fires. And the year before was a was a scary one. And the year before that was a scary one. You know? that They were... People would also share stories, like, very recent, like, I would call them PTSD moments, about some of these forest fires and losing their homes and losing their community. You know, they lost half of their town. You know, they, they lost, their school went from like 100 down to 30. That just won't come back. And then other industries are involved. And like, there's a, obviously a lot involved, but like this town was devastated by bigger things other than all the stuff that was happening in the rest of the world. You know, they were, they were, again, like there were people that were making meals for people fighting fires every single night. Like 
box and bag lunches. So all the none of the people that were up in the forest were having to feed themselves or make sure they had to worry about water. Like the communities around them spent their time doing things for the community. From how I wit- how I was witnessing it. And I think as our populations grow, I think sometimes we forget that that should be a big part of our life. Because it's like who we're on this thing with. It's who we're here having this moment with. But then I have the moment like I had in the coal center where I just like, this is way too many people for me to feel comfortable anymore. And I got to ask myself, like, where is that coming from and, and why? You know, I would say some of it's Nashville. Some of it's just the times that we're in for me, whether it's health. But a lot of it comes down to, yeah, health and like the feeling of safety. I'm, I'm not exactly on the track of like safety and numbers anymore. I don't necessarily believe that, <laughs> which is weird. It's hard to like reconcile things about my body giving me an emotional response to things you know because it's not like I'm just well I don't necessarily know if they would if safety in numbers means that many people you know what I mean like what is that actually diminishing returns what is what is safe in numbers and what is that number and how does that impact your community yeah right right because too many is too many and then sometimes too little is not enough you know it's like oh who's the judge of too many and how do you do that (laughs) yeah well i mean because that that sounds that's that's yeah i don't know well it's somebody let's just say two people want to open and run two apartments and someone wants an apartment that has eight rooms and somebody wants an apartment with 32 rooms you know like neither's right or wrong they just each are choosing a different experience to that so to the eight the person who chose eight 32 might be too much so like that's they're the judge of their you know what I mean? Like, that's just how we see the... Right. So, by but by that metric, like, there's there's nothing wrong with, ma- like, I w- mass population gathering. Uh, that's you know, not even what I'm it's saying. It, you because asked it's about Because it's about choice. Right. I, I know. But then there's... I don't necessarily agree that our city sizes need to be what they are. I think if we had... We could spread them out. We could... Also, well, but then, like, why? Why? They're doing just fine. Cities are growing. <laughs> you know, I I don't know. There's just something about them. There's just something about a city where I think from one person's perspective, that's them connecting with the world around them. And from my perspective, it's it's disconnecting from the world around them but that's that's because i grew up outside standing around a fire 
on a farm, arguably. It doesn't make it doesn't make my belief right, or like my belief in that that's that's the way right, you know. Because someone else gets gets to have like that conviction of their being right. I just don't know where we meet, you know, truth, post-truth kind of thing. I believe, therefore I'm right. Well, it says everywhere that Jesus is the truth. So I think that's where you meet. It's like that has to be the truth for... Yeah, and there was like big cities back then too. You know, there was massive population gatherings. For sure. It's like that's not necessarily a new thing, obviously. But what's this line say right there? Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. <laughs> For for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, but it, I definitely know I had an experience of being around a, a bigger population of people that was just a different one. It was an une- It was an uneasy feeling. I did not have it in Vegas as much. Mm. But, like, Vegas was still, like, ugh. Big cities, lights, everywhere. You know, like, ah, there's... And a lot of it's, like, ah, cameras everywhere. Cameras everywhere. So much of that. It just, it feels so... just doesn't feel right. You know, I, I... just doesn't feel right but something about like being the coal center like it felt like a piece of me it felt like a piece of home you know the watching our teams play and it didn't feel like that anymore I was excited for said team like it was like yeah I'm cheering for my my team and my my experience but also not in a shared cheering I wasn't I wasn't cheering with the same guy that was like down the way. We were both clapping for the the hoop being made, but <laughs> we we definitely weren't on the same page. Yeah. And recognizing it. I I said being to your a different mom moment for me. When your mom asked us if we wanted to go, I remember saying something like, "Yeah, we c- we know how to fit in." <laughs> And, like, that is just such I, – I feel like I've been living most of my life trying to fit in. And now <laughs> now definitely being happy and fine not fitting in. But then willing to play the game to go do this one thing. But also that is – that's, I think, where it kind of comes back to this idea of compliance yeah. too right well, and, like, and you you call it a game some people call it like real life terror fear yeah you know like you must do this to protect and save our city from the poison which are the people that are like us yeah 
It's like, oh, but we're cheering for the same team now in the same building. You know, it, it goes right back to that sitting around the fire and me being like, yeah, I, I have Republican values. And, and people sitting around being, like, shocked that I would have the gall to even say it. <gasps> I can't believe it. Well, it's like, well, but we exist, you know. Are you just going to write uh, write us off? Like, hey, there's there's a lot of people like me, just so you know. And we understand a lot about things you don't. Because you don't step outside of your world often. You know? But we're cheering for the same team now, aren't we? Like, one of those things. We'll go inside the same building and we'll we'll set all of our beliefs aside because we're going in this building. We can do this to have a shared experience for something. fun to experience and then to try to like pick apart and then sort out later because it, it's a weird one i'm i'm really phys- like physically feeling the the weirdness about population sorry not about population about being around larger numbers of people yeah. like i'm not gonna i probably won't have the the strength right now to go to a concert the same you know I definitely carry hey man you're standing a little close now like I know we can agree on some things but also like it it really shined an awareness to how many people cough with their eyes open looking at other people in the face (laughs) those savages you know and like watching people sneeze and how many times I pick my nose, <laughs> you know, things like that. Like, like I wash my hands more and sometimes I just don't want someone ordering a drink over my shoulder like I did before. Yeah. And like the sweat from the rock star coming off stage, like being a part of that just really doesn't hit the same way anymore. And it bothers me because it feels like the day the music died moment. Like What? It can come back though, and there's there's people out there doing that. But like, why then? There's their sh- there's a shared experience, but it's also completely run by a forced experience that not everyone's like believing in. So it just has a all these things have other tones to them now that just they're they're not for me. They're just different. I I don't think I would enjoy standing front row anymore I think I'd rather buy the record and that's a big personality shift for me yeah it's kind of a it's there's a little sadness in that yeah oh for sure for sure because I know I didn't have it before and unfortunately, it came on from the feeling of like, man, that's kind of gross. But also from the guy that like doesn't shower often or didn't shower often. Having indoor plumbing is incredible. 
Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, whole, what a luxury. Yeah. What a luxury having running water. Really easy to take for granted as well. Mm, yeah. And it's... I'm excited to go back to, like, carrying my own water, though. I really like that. It makes me appreciate the water I drink, and it makes me drink a lot more of it. When I got to carry it, I'll drink more. Hmm. You know? I was never... Like, we were stingy with water in the van. But we also drank a lot of water. And we were, like, good about drinking water and always carrying more than we needed. Knowing, like, we were going to be filling up quickly. Yeah, I mean... There's a real fear when you don't have water. A real, real one. That I think we learned at a... We we learned quickly. You know, and I I think it helped going to the desert first. It was like one of our... And again, I say first. It feels like every place we went, we was like our first experience kind of. I experienced water fear in Key West. And I experienced it from a local there that was telling me um, about a hurricane. And how like... Yep. Drinking water is getting scarce. You know, something happened where they it's like, yeah, the people that stayed on the island just didn't have drinking water. Mm. And I don't exactly recall the the whole story, but I remember it being like, "Whoa. Whoa, like Yeah, what did you do then? You know, what do you do then when you're absolutely stranded on an island?" And you don't have any. Surrounded by water. You know, it's just one of those one of those moments like, oh gotcha. Like life happened. And it happens like every year in this part of the world. You know, there's multiple hurricanes, right? There's forest fire country where they just know it's for it's fire season. it happens all over you know fire season but tornado season winter like when you're going through regular natural shifts in climate i think it just it absolutely connects you differently to the world because when it's always 70 and sunny you don't realize that not very far away things are vastly different from you You know, that's that's what I felt like, whoa. When you don't realize some places have like winter and you don't try to like remember that or some people don't have like these really big moments every single year. You know, think about how many tornadoes like we don't hear about the devastation that happens. But it was devastating to those people. Yeah, it's really easy to just kind of squish it under the rug pretend it's not happening or just or not just know yeah or you not know, know and like that's obviously that's the way i i live most of my life is not knowing what's happening yeah. to every you can't know everything that's happening but we're also connected so much differently now through that like we do have kind of instant connection to knowledge with the internet and like computers are going wild like 
some there are some days I wake up and I'm like, I wonder what happened today. I wonder what happened while I was asleep. You know, because there's always something that's like, oh my god, they did what with what? They're they're making what? Who who did what? There's always those moments every day when I wake up. Instead of like, what am I gonna eat today? <laughs> you know how how are the? Th- I don't know. I I don't localize when I'm connected to so many what moments that are decisions of other people in places that used to not like affect me, but now they directly affect me through our connectivity and all how our world operates. A decision that happens on the other side of the world does affect us over here greatly. When people rob train cars in LA, it affects hospitals in Chicago and New York and you know, Wisconsin, like it does, it affects everyone. Like, and that's a lot knowing that, oh, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I wonder what decisions across the world are going to affect me today. Mm. We, I, that's pretty new. That's a, that's a new thing. Or a new shared experience. Because I think some, like, that people have always been, like, playing. I think that's played out since, like, the dawn of time. The decisions of the few affect everyone. Mm. But I think we're just connected to it greater, and it's happening around us faster. Yeah, so God really, like, leaned in <laughs> when I needed him. Good thing mm. to shoot for in my life. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit. Mm. I feel like, um, what was that line that I asked you to read? Read that and then I'll, I want to end with it. Uh, yeah, where are we? Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. Mm. (laughs) And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Lord, thanks for allowing us this time, this experience. Thank you for our love that we continue to grow and learn about. And thanks for leading this one because I, we... Eternally grateful. Yeah. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Sounds good. Cheers. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Us vs. That podcast. If you want to support our work and future endeavors, head over to www.patreon.com slash us vs. that. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs>